Season two, episode one. I'm so excited to be back. I'm really excited for today's show. Today is going to be our Burning Life show. So we've got almost our whole team here. We've got Calvin, we've got Chris, we've got Mark all the way from the Cape and all the way from New Zealand joining us to chat about their Bird of the Year campaign. We have got Dan Brady. This is a fantastic episode. We talk about our Bird of the Year and we also talk about our Unbird of the Year. So stay tuned. You're going to have lots of fun today, lots of laughs. It's a fantastic episode and we made sure to get a New Zealander on the show because obviously last week, Saturday, South Africa beat New Zealand in the rugby. So welcome to season two. I can't wait for you to hear the guest we have coming up this season. So let's get into today's episode. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes, as well as the Bird Lesser Bird Logging app. Spot, plot, play a part. Download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. The Birding Life is a lot more than just a podcast. It's a multi-platform resource to connect birders with each other, amazing locations, the best resources, and obviously where to find amazing birds. Check out our website at www.thebirdinglife.com, our YouTube channel, our various social media platforms, as well as the other podcasts we host. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help others find the show. So let us get into this week's episode of the Birding Life Podcast. So everybody, welcome to season two of the Birding Life Podcast. This is episode number one, season one, 75 episodes. It was a fantastic season. We thought it was a good time to have a little bit of a break. So season two, 10 episodes are coming up. We've managed to line up a fantastic lineup of guests, but for today's show, we having our month, uh, wow, this won't be our monthly Burning Life show anymore, this will be our Burning Life show, and we've got Chris with us, we've got Calvin, we've got Mark, and all the way from New Zealand, we've got Dan. Um, we had to get a New Zealander on because obviously yesterday, South Africa managed to beat New Zealand in rugby, so welcome everyone to the show, it's good to have you guys with us. You guys have to win at some point, right? Yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> we won't talk about the World Cup, uh, how, how that all turned out, but um, yeah, it was, it was nice to get a, to get a win in the, uh, under the belt, and um, yeah, great to have you as well, Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, thanks you for almost won, though, it was very close, I was ready to give it up, and then the last second, it was just like, yeah, anyways, we'll... Yeah, won't go too far into that conversation. <laughs> the reason I got down on the show, I thought, you know, we don't, there's a couple of things about New Zealand we do know. We know that their rugby team used to be number one in the world, but now they are number two again. I mean, I think it's been the shortest a rugby team has been number one in the world. It's been like a short time. They were beaten by the Springboks who have sucked against everybody else. So that is pretty cool. And we know bugger all about their birds. So this is why it was good to get down on. We had to like get a New Zealand on. We could give a bit of a like rash about the rugby even if he doesn't know much about rugby we can we can rub it in a bit at least with one and we can find a bit about New Zealand birds so we thought it was a good win all around awesome and there's a lot to learn and uh <laughs> hopefully I can I can do them justice so as always the Birding Life show is proudly sponsored by Atlas Coffee Roasters uh, I've got some um, for those who are watching on video we've got the coffee uh, the Atlas coffee cup here and yeah, they're fantastic, but also what is really cool about their coffee is every bag you buy, you make a contribution to conservation. I know, Mark, we sent a bag down to you in the in the cop, 
and I see you've been drinking it. How have you found the Outliers coffee? Oh, no. I was, oh, I don't know. It's just such a nice coffee. Yeah. So I was so excited when you uh, sent that bag down to me because uh, you sent me my Burden Life cap, which I've got on now. Really cool. And I was also really surprised to see a bag of Outliers coffee in there. I have been waiting for so long to get a bag of Outliers coffee for myself. And yo, no, I was just so glad to get it. Um, the next morning uh, after you, uh, I received it from you, went to school and uh, made myself a cup of coffee at the garden root botanical gardens and I just sat on a rock you know because I, I go to school in the botanical gardens and it was so nice to have a cup of outliers coffee which I've been waiting for so long to have in the botanical gardens on a nice sunny day you know it's it's, it's not maybe not even the I'm not a, a coffee like fanatical freak so I don't know all the flavors and the qualities and where they come from and everything so I don't know if it's the best co- coffee out there for taste but the type of coffee and knowing the story behind it and and the quality of the story behind it and the reason for that coffee is is what makes it like so cool to drink actually I, I love I love outliers and the idea behind outliers coffee so yeah I'm very excited to have my bag of outliers coffee finally <laughs> and then just an ex- an exciting announcement uh, I know this is pretty old news now but we haven't announced it on the show we just want to say congratulations to Calvin he is a a newish dad I know a couple of months ago you were a new dad but you are a newish dad so how's it going with the the new kid in the house hey thanks Adam um yeah <laughs> yeah no it's been it's been absolutely amazing um we my, my wife gave birth to a very healthy baby boy named Tom uh on the 16th of August which which actually happens to be our wedding anniversary so the day became even more special. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think as of tomorrow, he'll be six, uh, seven, seven weeks old. So he's still brand new. Still, uh, <laughs> I actually have a great, a great birding story already about him. It's so funny. Uh, I, I've been keeping a, a list of birds in my state uh, where I stay up the north coast in KZN since twenty, since late twenty thirteen. And so it's so strange because I was just sitting outside the one day and and babies cry as they do, and it, and and I, I thought I, I thought I heard him crying, and I was like, no, it sounds that that's, that sounds so strange, and all of a sudden flew over a trumpet or hornbill, and, and so so what I can definitely say is a trumpet or hornbill definitely <laughs> sounds like a crying baby, and um, yeah. it was quite cool because it was also a new bird for the state, so it ticked off another bird there, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but but I, but that's exactly it. The, my, the extent of my birding has taken a proper nosedive. So yeah, I can only bird within probably about two kilometers of my house, just because you know I've got to be within nappy distance and feeding distance of of, of Tom at this stage. But uh, I am happy to report we are doing a little bit of an outing in the next two weeks. We're going up to St Lucia, my wife, uh, my wife and I, and obviously Tom. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to just cruise around once he's sleeping and do a little bit of birding, hopefully. But um, otherwise, it's been amazing. Thanks. So yeah, the reason we got um, we the reason we got the show it's uh, and we're gonna be chatting about this a bit just now. So I thought it'd be quite cool to have Dan on the show. He really inspired a lot of where, where we're going in the show today. So in South Africa, um, BirdLife South Africa announce every year their Bird of the Year. They announce it normally on Birding Big Day. Um, this is bird of the year is a stunning bird, the Cape Rock Jumper, and it's a whole initiative around it, and it's exciting. People can nominate birds of the year, and um, it's a fantastic initiative. But Dan is involved with uh, an organization, an NGO called Forest and Birds in New Zealand, 
and they have a bird of the year campaign over there. It's a little bit different to our campaign, a lot more fun. Um, so Dan, tell us a little about this, your the New Zealand bird of the year campaign, because like I said, we know bugger all about birds in New Zealand. Bird of the year in New Zealand is a campaign that is more akin to a political election rather than a simple simple um, kind of decision made by birding organizations. Uh, it's entirely public and people jump on as voluntary campaigners such as myself to campaign for their the bird that they want to win the most. Uh, it's, it's all done in good fun with playful banter, memes, um, fraudulent voting, uh, and uh, a lot of insults hurled towards other birds, all in the, uh, all dedicated towards raising awareness of them as a whole. Because about 80% of birds in New Zealand are endangered or like very close to thre- being threatened with extinction. So the, the election as a whole is, a, is meant to really raise awareness of the birds and also the threats that they face. It's done because New Zealand's uh, so isolated away from the rest of the world. And for such a long time, we never actually had any native mammal um, predators. So a lot of these birds are rare and cannot be found uh, or there won't be anything like them around the rest of the world. Yeah, we've got some very interesting birds here. Um, The previous bird uh, from last year, the uh, kakapo, uh, is a very large parrot. Uh, I think one of the largest parrots in the world that cannot fly and is also known to be very horny. Um, There's a clip (laughs) of uh, Stephen Fry um, alongside a zoologist, I I have forgotten his name, uh, where one of the kakapo that we have in New Zealand who's called uh, Sirocco jumps up onto the uh, zoologist's head as he's taking being like as his photo is being taken and then starts trying to mate with his head and yeah. it's very funny <laughs> uh, and I includes, remember that, um, I remember that video. brilliant quote from Stephen Fry which is I believed you were being shagged by a rare parrot other previous winners include um, uh, Hoiho, which is um, in English is the yellow-eyed penguin. Um, Hoiho is the, the Māori term, and so it's the local indigenous language of New Zealand. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of our birds actually either uh, the Māori term is more commonly used, or alternatively, there isn't an English name equivalent. So last year, all the pen- campaigners for penguins banded together and uh, got as many people to vote for penguins, and Hoiho ended up winning on top of that. Previous to that... Um, the Keredu, which is a wood pigeon, uh, which uh, is known for getting drunk on fermented berries and then falling out of trees sometimes, uh, that one. That is <laughs> in, interesting. In <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of very interesting birds here, um, and it has some incredible people people backing them. Um, our prime minister has backed one of the birds before. Leonardo DiCaprio has backed the bird before. Who else? Um it escapes me, but there's, there's been a lot of interesting endorsements across the years from very famous and interesting people and organizations. And Dan, you were saying there was some controversy. There was some big controversy last year that actually made it into the news in, in the States. Tell us about that story. Yes. Um, so uh, last year, about, I think, 1,500 votes for um, Kiwi Puku Puku or the, uh, the Little Spotted Kiwi had... Uh, around 1500 votes for it in the space of like a very short amount of time or from one IP address. So essentially we had voter fraud on the campaign, which ended up <laughs> like massively increasing uh, the attention towards um, towards the campaign. So yeah, CNN, the daily uh, Trevor knows the daily show I think the New York times, they all had different 
different articles all on it. Uh, and it, it was a very fitting year for it as well, uh, given it was 2020, <laughs> the year of uh, an election here in New Zealand, but then also the, how should I put it, um, the dumpster fire that was the election in the United States. <laughs> No, I'm saying your birds that you got there, it sounds like a bunch of Australians. I mean, they uh, drink a lot and that, so you're <laughs> quite crazy species over there. Yeah, they've got some really interesting... I think um, the, the lack of mammalian pests has definitely contributed uh, contributed to some very interesting uh, species. Like our national bird, the kiwi, is... Uh, the best way I can put it is that it, prob- it doesn't really look like a bird. Completely flightless, it has an incredibly long beak, um... And I believe it's also uh, known to have the largest egg, like compared to normal body size that uh, of any other bird. It is also ironic that uh, the kiwi is on the logo for our Air Force. Oh wow! That yeah, that's pretty ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that's clever. How how long are their are their so called wings? The for kiwi, they they're not too. I think they're quite small, like because it's completely flightless. So it's an incredibly yeah. small uh, set of wings that you can't really see at all. So. Yeah, if you guys are able to like kind of put up a photo of one or something on uh, on the video version of this, it it re- I can't describe it. It, yeah. it. The best way to um, showcase what it looks like is just showing a photo. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty kiff looking birds that almost don't look like birds, as you said. But like their yeah. their egg, I mean, I don't actually know their size. I've seen photos and videos of them, or whatever, but I don't actually know their size. But how how big would their egg be, like in comparison to like? medium man's hand probably probably around it's about 12 it can be about like 12 centimeters long and about uh eight centimeters in diameter so it's a a pretty big egg wow Um, it it, kind of look it kind of (laughs) reminds me of like a mini ostrich with a long slender bill yeah i believe yeah i believe kiwi are slightly related to ostriches by way of um we, we have a very large um a very large extinct bird that we used to have in New Zealand before it was hunted out called the moa, which is like a massive, gigantic ostrich or emu. Uh, and I believe kiwi, are, um, if you go far back enough, they're a little bit related to them all. So uh, kiwi can take about 20% of the mother's body. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We really hope you are enjoying the episode. If you would like to support us and help grow the show, please, can we ask that you do two things? Firstly, please share the show on your favorite social media channel. Tell us why you enjoy the show and be sure to tag us in the post. This is one of the best ways to help get the word out about the podcast and bring more exposure to the guests that are featured and the conservation issues that are covered. Secondly, to help us cover the costs and to improve the quality of the show, please can you consider buying us a virtual coffee or two? This is a quick, safe and easy way to contribute to the show. You will find a link for this in the notes of the show. Yeah, so one thing we're going to chat about tonight is we've we're hearing about the the New Zealand Bird of the Year, and we'll chat it, we'll chat just now about how people can vote for that before the end of the show. Because um, I know you you were saying that people from around the world can vote, which is pretty cool. But we're going to have a Birding Life Bird of the Year tonight, and um, I've asked each of the everyone on the who's part of the panel tonight just to. Get, tell us what they feel the bird of the year can be, and and there's no rules. It's it's really the bird that you want, 
And then we're going to do something quite interesting. And this might make some conservationists not conservationists not too happy, but just for fun, we're going to talk about our unbird of the year, the bird that we think definitely should not be bird of the year. Yeah, so I will start with mine, um, just so we can get the ball rolling. Um, my bird of the year, first and foremost, my bird of the year um, would definitely be an African black oyster catcher. So, you know, one thing I love about these birds, they're like these 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 large black black um, waders and you find them on the, on the beaches and that and what's beautiful about them they're this black bird but they've got this this the striking red bull with this like red ring around the eye and it's just this absolutely stunning bird you know if i go down to the beach a lot of afternoons you see them flying past you see them on the on the beach but i think you know for me what makes uh, the african black oyster catcher so amazing and just it was actually bird life south africa's bird of the year quite recently the, the reason i love the bird is firstly it's it's common enough that you if you live on the coast you're going to get to see it but it's also uncommon enough that when you see it it's actually a special sighting because you don't see it every time you go down to the beach and I know BirdLife South Africa and various conservation organizations have done some conservation work. And that's one of the reasons why their numbers have gone up. So it's quite fantastic. And, you know, it's quite close to my heart because when I first started birding, uh, our secretary at uh, my, our secretary where we work, her husband, we we're having a chat. And he was telling us he used to go for walks every morning on the beach. And he's not a birder. And he, we started telling me about, and I was looking for um, uh, oyster catchers everywhere. And he kind of said to me, oh, no, no, you, he walks along the beach and, yeah, he walks along the beach and every day he sees this group of black birds. And straight away, I was able to work out that these were oyster catchers, went down. It was a crazy windy day, went down one afternoon and there was this a cool little flock of um, oyster catchers by a lover river, uh, a lover river mouth. And yeah, it's just been a bird that's really been close to my heart. So that would be my personal bird of the year so let's um head on over to calvin tell us what would be your bird of the year thanks adam um i, I i'll give mine in a second but i also wa wanted to ask dan don't you, uh, you is there an oyster catcher that goes down to new zealand I, i'm sure there is i, I just wasn't so sure we've got a few uh, oyster catchers around new zealand uh, as well as one similar to it so um the one that we've got down here or at least one of the more well-known ones is um so the maori term for it is uh torea pango which is um i think mean, is the very the variable oyster catcher i also have a similar memory of seeing one you don't you don't often see them and i was like uh started getting you know super excited because uh it was one of the first times i saw it and i whip up my phone i take a photo and i send it over to a friend who uh campaigned for that for bird for the previous year uh and bird of the year and it was a horror it was a horrible photo it was not very good because i was like zooming in on my phone trying to get a, a decent photo and it was just incredibly pixelated i'm like Hey, this is this is a oyster catcher, isn't it? He goes like, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them there. So, um, yeah, I got. <laughs> it, it's definitely excited seeing one. Exciting seeing one. Uh, they they do look incredibly similar, but I think they're slightly. I think technically they're a different species, uh, compared to the one in South Africa. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I, th I thought as much. I, th I thought I'd seen one that. Uh, I think your variable, if I'm not mistaken, so it looks like a Eurasian oyster catcher, which is. Sort of a black and white bird that we get down, uh, we, we get down here occasionally as a uh, as a vagrant. Well, it, it seems like it's becoming more and more sort of common. We we see them every year. Cool. So on to mine. Um, I, I was actually it's, it's a bit of a tricky one because you know you, when when you press to choose a bird that you're focusing on and 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 to try and it's not necessarily to pick a favorite because I think my favorite bird is different to my bird of the year. 
you know, you, you obviously, you realize that there's so many great options and you don't want to sort of choose one over the other. But, but, but ultimately, I, 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 try to, I try to link my bird of the year to an experience I had this year. And, and that's, uh, I, I don't want to bore anyone to death, but it also relates to uh, just before we had our, our little child, we went on a, a little last minute getaway up to, um, up to Cozy Forest Lodge. And um, we, we went for a little walk in, the, in one of the coastal forests there, as the name suggests, um, and uh, came across a, f- a flock of Retz's helmet truck. Um, so for me, that is my bird of the year. And I, I picked it not only because, you know, it's a really, really cool bird. It's a, it's a black bird that it's got this very distinct, um, uh, you know, ha- uh, helmeted sort of crest, uh, as the name suggests, which it it's almost looks like it's got two crowns and a bit of a mohawk uh, that uh, you know that that, that that makes a line of its of, of its feathers on on its on its head. But also they've also got ironically they're very similar to similar coloured uh, coloration to the African oyster catcher where they've got uh, very distinct red rings around their eyes and a very distinct red bill. And um, what's really cool about them is that they they, they they fly around in these little family flocks of about four or five and. I, I, I don't know how else to describe to describe their call, but it almost sounds like it, it sounds like two pieces of metal rubbing against each other. So, so, so they're really cool bird. They're special to see. You don't see them often. When I was chatting to the local guide, he's saying that they're they're a winter migrant, which makes sense. I think we were down there in July uh, when we saw it, and um, or we saw the little flock at least. Um, and, and it's obviously very it's closely related to the to the white crested helmet truck, which which we get in most of our sort of Zululand parks. Yeah, so it's a really cool bird, and um, yeah, that's that's mine for the year. What a fantastic choice. So let's go to Chris. Tell us your choice for bird of the year. Okay, so my bird of the year is actually a bird that I managed to finally see this year. Um, even though it's a bird that is seen in my area quite often, it's the spotted ground thrush. Um, it's a very uh, plain bird in a sense where it's not one of those that has all the bells and whistles, everyone celebrates and all that, but it's such a um, beautiful bird. When you see it, um, it's actually it, like just kind of brings something out of you because you, you see this little bird on the ground flipping leaves over looking for worms and all that. And it, I just find them so fascinating because they – they they're quiet, but at the same time they they're very active as well. Uh, so yeah, that's my bird of the year, and I managed to see it. Um, so stoked for that. <laughs> yeah, I was the other day that you got that as a life. It's such a cool bird. Um, yeah, it's one of uh, another bird that I really love. So Mark, over to you. What is your bird of the year? Uh, first, I just want to say that's actually an excellent choice that Chris had there. Um, a bird that I haven't managed to see. So I'm a little bit behind you there, Chris, but well done for getting it this year. Um, oh, spotted ground thrush, that's very cool. Um, one I'd love to see when I come up to KZ one day. But I was, I was thinking about mine for the year, and at first I thought maybe African grass owl, uh, but <laughs> you might not believe me, but I changed back to a uh, uh, Cape Rock jumper. Uh, and I, I thought, you know what, it's, it's one of my top three favorite birds uh, and at the beginning of this year, when I found out that Cape Rock Jumper was going to be the bird of this year, um, I was really excited. I was like, oh, yes, that's such a good choice. You know, it's a bird that needs awareness for its conservation. Uh, it's, it's a really cool bird. It's uh, endemic to South Africa. 
Um, only found in the Western Cape, which is where I live. So I was very excited that it became uh, 2021's Bird of the Year for South Africa. Uh, so yeah, um, thing is, I've had a very cool bunch of uh, experiences with the bird. Uh, have any of you guys seen the bird? We've seen the Drakensberg, not the Cape. Uh, I've seen it at Royals, yeah. I was lucky. I spent, I spent a lot of time looking for it, but I did find it eventually. Oh, uh, cool. Adam, you've seen the, the Drakensberg rock jumper? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, I, I still need to see that one. But the Cape rock jumper, I remember <clears throat> my first experience with it was, I think, I think it was two, three years ago, I went up the George Mountain here on the garden route with a couple of my friends and we we camping up to the the peak, which is like a few thousand, over a thousand meters above sea level. So it was really like a hike, just me and the boys had our camping gear with us and none of them were birders. I was the only birder in the group, but um, we set up camp when we got to the top. It was really cool, beautiful view. As soon as the mist had had cleared we set, and we had set up camp, we were ready to go. I said to the guys, listen, I'm just going to go look for something quickly. Um, I'll see you guys in a second and I was off, okay? And then I started looking along these rocky edges of the mountain. And at this stage, see, it was about three years ago. So I was about 15, 16. Um, and and yo, I was looking for this Cape Rock jumper because I had discussed with one of my birding mentors that the George Peak is perfect altitude for Cape Rock jumper. Number one, it's perfect habitat because it's Feinbos. Number two, and number three, it hasn't been found there before. But you know, it's 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 just the perfect place for Cape Cape Rock jumper, and the, there's so much space up there, and there's no disturbance. So I said to myself, "Listen, there's habitat. There's got to be a rock jumper." And no one had seen one there before, and I found one that day. So it was so cool. I got to photograph it, and I stayed on the mountain for two days. So I stepped on the mountain with like this Cape Rock jumper. It was so cool, and I photographed it, and I let the bird community know in my area. So it was such a nice experience. And the thing is that it was the first Cape Rock jumper recorded on that area of the Otaniko Mountains. So it was sort of like my first find of a first record in the area. And it was just really exciting. So that was my first experience with Cape Rock jumper. And um, I thought for those reasons I've mentioned, I think it should be the bird of the year. Oh, it's a fantastic bird. Um, yeah, just so one thing we're really cool in South Africa, we get these little uh, fluffy toys and they're pretty cool. So there's a Cape Rock Jumper fluffy toy. If you haven't got one, yeah, really cool. So Dan, what is your um, bird of the year? Uh, this is probably a New Zealand species. What bird would you say should be bird of the year? I feel like I'm going to be a little bit biased here because given that I'm one of the cam- I'm the campaign manager for one of them. Um, I will, I'm going to go for Toroa, um, also known as the Antipodean Albatross. Um, these are just like any other albatross, massive, majestic um, birds that fly across the ocean for like thousands upon thousands of kilometers for an entire year. Uh, like sometimes not even touching land for up to a year itself. Um, and I I love them because they they represent uh, like they represent New Zealand as a very marine kind of focused and um, connected country given that we're, you know, everyone in New Zealand has come from somewhere else and uh, albatrosses kind of represent that by going across the oceans and, uh, yeah, connecting the rest of the world. They are very large. <laughs> they're very large birds. Um, their wingspan's about three meters. Um, so that could fit about like six or seven oyster catchers uh, in the space that um, the wing, like in the, within the wingspan of an albatross. So... Yeah, I've been campaigning for them for the past two years, and even though I will, 
I will probably never be able to see one because they um, breed, uh, of course, like in, you know, spend most of the time in the ocean and then breed on uh, one or two very incredibly remote islands in uh, New Zealand's subantarctic island group, which is uh, much further south uh, of, of New Zealand's kind of two, two main islands, um, lovingly known as North Island and South Island. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably never be able to um, never get the chance to actually see one in real life. Um, but uh, they're just very majestic birds. They only like they they have one mate for their entire life. Uh, they have these incredibly elaborate courtship dances that um, I've seen similar species do. And they're always really interesting to see. Um, and it, it takes them like an entire year just to raise one chick. And they're, they're quite... Uh, because of the slow kind of mating cycle, uh, they are incredibly endangered. So I don't. I think they're they're quite close to like being on the verge of extinction. Given that there's only a couple of them, so not a couple, like a couple of islands that um, that they breed on. And then of course with global warming, sea pollution, uh, and then like commercial fishing that doesn't properly mitigate seabird bycatch, they're they're definitely. Their population isn't coming up anytime soon. I'll give. I'll put it that way. Uh, albatross is always really sexy birds, like such cool birds. One of my favorite um, species, also. So we we're gonna keep we're gonna keep this next part quite short. Um, we're running out of time, and we've had a really cool chat on that. But I just want to let's just talk about what would be our unbird of the year. And just to as a disclaimer, we love all birds. Birds are cool, but. If we be honest, there's always a bird that we don't love as much as the other ones. So my unbird of the year is a blacksmith lapwing. Now, I know a lot of people think these are cool birds, and there's a reason I don't like them. Now, the other contender would be a lot of people would say is a hardida, um ibis, and I, my phone is being used for recording right now, but if you overseas and you hear the call of this, maybe um, we can try and put it in afterwards into the recording. But let me tell you something, they sound like they are being badly abused, <laughs> seriously. And, you know, the other morning I was sitting in the, sitting in my, sitting in my sitting room and it's like early in the morning, hot past six in the morning, you're just having this nice chilled morning and there's these hardy dogs decide to land on the roof about flipping five meters from my house and they just start screaming and bellowing like right across the valley and it's like, oh my word, it was, it was like hell, it was torture, terrible. But why don't I like blacksmith lapwings? Because... When I was in school, I remember there was there was oftentimes someone in the class which was, if somebody did something wrong, what would happen is everyone there would be a person in the class who would 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 report that person. There would be a class snitch, and that is exactly what a lapwing is. You can be in the field, minding your own business, taking a picture of a bird, and you like literally getting this bird. This bird is posing for you. It's chill. It does not mind you being there, and you take photos. And all of a sudden, there's a blacksmith lapwing three and a half kilometers away that doesn't like you looking at that bird and it starts making that 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 ticking noise from from a million kilometers away and all of a sudden it notifies every other bird that you are there that's the first thing the second thing on a blacksmith lapping is those has it has what those carpal spurs those things will stab your eyes out they're crazy birds and for that reason, a blacksmith lapwing is not my favorite bird. I've got some cool photos there. They're nice for photos, but man, they are snitches, and they've and and yeah, they they got their, they got them knives in their in their wings. So yeah, yeah, that would be my unbird of the year. So Mark, what would be your unbird of the year? Just a quick story and why why you think that bird should be the unbird of the year? Yeah, um, I just want to add on to that as well. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, that, that's quite a good choice, if, if I could say that. Uh, no offense meant to the the, the lapwing, but uh, I just want to add to that hardy dog experience you had. Um, that must have been terrifying to have a whole bunch of hardy dogs screaming down a valley. Um, but I had a similar experience last week where I was camping away at this dam in the Karoo, and it was me and my classmates, and it was one o'clock in the morning. The neighbors had finally turned their music down. And we were all going off to bed. Oh, finally, you know, I can get some rest now. Zip my tent closed. Cool, there's silence. Music has stopped. I'm ahead of to bed. Five minutes later, as I'm about to go to sleep, this hardy dog in a tree next to my tent starts screaming. And then another one answers, another one in the distance, another one, another one. It was like, oh my word. And I just, I just screamed at it. I, I got out my tent and I said, be quiet. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's... That's it's 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 probably on everyone's list of um of the most uh, non bird of the year kind of kind of vibe. But um, to to think about it, it's uh, I haven't given it enough thought. You'll have to come back to me to for me to decide on anything else besides blacksmith lapwing and a a hardy dog ibis. So just give me a few minutes to think about it and, and maybe come back to me in a second. So Kelvin, your un bird of the year. Yeah, it's also it's also a bit of a tricky one, Adam, because um, there's a lot of birds to not like <laughs> as much as there are birds to to like. But I sort of narrowed it down, and and I know you asked us to focus on 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 naturally occurring species uh, in South Africa, not any introduced species, because those would be those would be obvious targets. So I was kind of torn between you know the the humble dark cap bulbul and the the somewhat irritating red wing starling and and I, I ended up going with the red wing starling. I think just overall they quite interesting that they, they are mountain and, and, and cliff face dwelling birds that have that, that have become quite habituated to sort of urban environments. That's why that's why they spread so much. And and interesting fact is is that as their ranges expanded, a lot of uh, common minor uh, ranges have have decreased because they they compete for the same living spaces and food sources. So in a way, they are doing us a bit of a favor in controlling an alien base for species. But they are just, they're just, they're just loud, irritating birds. They've got like a hiss. Um, if you've ever heard a male and a female sort of giving contact calls, they, they can be incredibly messy. Uh, you know, not that that's a reason to, hurt, to, to, to dislike a bird, but their nest materials and their, and their droppings can be quite, quite messy for cars and, 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 you know, patios and things like that. So, um, so yeah, in a, in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's my guy for, for, for this year. Hopefully he does a better job next year. Okay, so Chris, over to you. What's your unbird of the year? So my unbird of the year, uh, I was also torn between the red wing starling and the dark hat bulbul, but I eventually settled on the dark hat bulbul because these are my nightmare birds. Like every single time I'm out in the field with birding, they are always birds that I call out because I'm like, oh, there's a bird. And then it's like, oh, it's a dark cat bulbul. Okay, let me just move on to the next thing. And then you go a little bit further and you're like, oh, it's in a different bird. And then it's actually just the same bird that's followed you. And it's like, so that's my unbird of the year because I hate the fact that they trick me every time. They're beautiful birds, but yeah, I just don't like the fact that they trick me. Yeah, shame. Poor, poor bulbul. Uh, okay, Mark, over to your unbird of the year. Cool, yeah, so... Mine, you find when you're walking, actually, it's pretty much everywhere in my part of the world, uh, but I often get in my garden, but I'll take the example of walking in the Botanical Gardens Forest, okay? So, busy walking on a little stuff bikey, going, going, 
Sombra Green Bulls going in the background. I'm looking for fly catchers and forest birds. And also, you get this really cool bird called a, a buff-spotted fluff-tail that, that uh, scratches around in the leaves. Um, but there's this other bird. Not my, my, my worst bird of the year is not the buff-spotted buff fluff-tail. That's probably would have been my best one if I didn't choose the Cape Rock Jumper. But it would be the olive thrush that it could be, you know, in the bushes there, flicking the leaves, and you look there and you think, oh, shucks, was that a buff-spotted fluff-tail running away? Or was it a... Uh, uh, um, a brown bull scratching in the bushes you know it could have been something exciting but there are so many olive thrushes on this one path I have at um, the botanical gardens <laughs> they just give me like such a fright and then you look and it's just an olive thrush scratching away at the leaves looking for grubs because they, they have that behavioral they have that behavior where they, they they flick the leaves away looking for grubs under the, the moist leaves and the foliage and stuff but uh, often you know I expect something more exciting or I think I see a flash of brown or orange go past the path and it's just an olive thrush scratching away in the leaves. So that would be my non-bird of the year. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay, Dan, over to you. Um, I'm probably going to be get uh, become disowned and have my citizenship revoked for this. I'm going to I'm going to choose Kia as this. Um, they are some highly highly intelligent parrots that uh, live down in the South Island. Um, in very alpine areas. I think they're one of the world's few, one of the world's only alpine parrots. Um, they are incredibly smart, like to the, in terms of uh, grouped, it, they grouped up there with like chimpanzees, elephants, dolphins. That's how smart they are. And rather than using that for good, um, they, they use their intelligence to pull off the rubber between your car window and the car itself, open up, um, we, the wheelie bins that used to chuck out rubbish. Um, they've been known to take apart really complex uh, like puzzles where people have put like cinder blocks and logs onto rubbish bins in order to keep them closed. And then Kia will end up pushing them off uh, and then opening up uh, opening up the bin just to get inside, get a bit of food, and then make a mess everywhere. They are incredibly mischievous birds and uh, just they like playing with you they like screwing things up and ruining your day uh i have had one jump on my back on my backpack and try and like just pull it apart with their their beak just because they can <laughs> they um yeah they're very very annoying and i think they know that they're annoying they're one of those types of birds that's really cool. It's been great learning about the birds from New Zealand. But to just to end off tonight, and we're going to give um, Dan an opportunity to tell us how to vote. Just a last thing. We don't have a lot of time for this, but just a uh, plug for our... We've just launched our Birding Life store, and we've got some really fantastic items. All the guys, except well, most of the guys are wearing the Birding Life caps. The caps are available on there. Um, we've also got... Uh, we've managed to get some books, some field guides. We're trying to keep the prices as low as we can. Um, we've got some courses from um, Aldo, well-priced well online courses. I know there's discounts for seniors and for couples, um, for new birders. For There's one for more advanced birders. And Aldo is a fantastic birder and a great teacher. So, you know, check those courses out. There's also a trip. Um, we would love to speak about this a bit more on the show, but we don't have time for that. But 
Um, it's a trip uh, being run by Roof of Africa and uh, uh, Luleka Safaris. And it's going up to Manyoni Private Reserve from the 26th to the 28th of November. And let me just say it's 4,500 rand, 4,500 rand per person sharing. Um, but, you know, I've read through everything that this weekend offers. It's absolutely fantastic. That includes your accommodation, includes your meals. Um, it Literally, these guys are going to go on birding big day and get as many species. You can be going from like three in the morning until, whatever time at night it includes driving around includes your snacks it includes your um sitting at lunchtime air-conditioned vehicle overlooking the 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 pans so and with two really great guides so i really want to encourage you four and a half thousand rand if you've never been to manyoni it's one of the best reserves in uh zululand but probably even in south africa it's a fantastic birding reserve um some really good species turn up there all the time so check up our online store we'll put a link in the comment section of this podcast um we've got some great products there and obviously when you buy products there it's a it's a good way to support us and just allow us to keep on growing the growing the show growing the brand and we just want to say thank you to everyone who supported us over the last year so just really quickly before we end off um dan um i know you said people can you told me before that people from all around the world can vote for the bird of the year so um, how can they vote? So voting opens on the 18th of October. It runs for two weeks until the 31st. Um, that's New Zealand time, so I might the days might be a little bit here and there. You can go to www.birdoftheyear.org.nz and uh, you can select up to five of your favorite birds. And uh, voting works in uh, such a way where the least preferred bird or the bird with the least of the top five votes gets knocked off and any votes uh, end up getting transferred over towards different birds overall. So my, the selfish person in me uh, is thinks that um, I encourage you to vote for a bunch of seabirds, uh, including uh, the Antipodean albatross, because that way um, it means that if any of the other birds end up getting knocked off, votes get subsequently transferred to to the, your top preference bird, which uh, should be Antipodean albatross. <laughs> Yeah, you, and uh, as as Adam had said before, anyone can vote from all across the world. So it's not limited to New Zealanders, not limited to South Africans. Just if you've got any friends that uh, you want to tell them about it, then by all means, let them know. Yeah, we'll put that link into the comments of this podcast. So go there and, and vote for that. So guys, I want to say thank you for um, being a part of this. I know for us, it's like after nine o'clock at night in South Africa. For Dan, it's early in the morning. But it's been great to chat to you guys. And uh, yeah, Dan, thanks for joining us all the way from New Zealand. It's been awesome chatting to you. Thanks for having me on. And then for the rest of the guys, thanks for being on tonight. Shop, shop. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Nice to meet you, Dan. Thanks for your time. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books Online Store to help get all the best birding and nature books into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link either in the comment section of this podcast or our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Don't forget to follow The Birding Life on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Bird Lesser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a lifeless while playing your part in social conservation as well as Swarovski Optic. 
one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars, and spotting scopes. So, until next time, be blessed and happy birding. <laughs>